Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Grow Landscapers podcast. The podcast where we delve deeper into landscape business, interviewing legends of the UK landscaping industry. So, join host Nick Ruddle as he explores their thoughts, insights and experiences. That's here on the Grow Landscapers podcast. Hi and welcome to the Grow Landscapers podcast. I'm Nick Ruddle and today we're joined by current Barley board member, Nigel Bocock from Acre Landscapes. How are you doing, Nigel? I'm fine, thank you. Excellent. I know you've been in the industry now for over 30 years and um, you're you're extremely active within it. Um, And I said, um, as I said, you know, you're a current Barley board member, also pretty instrumental in the amazing Barley initiative, Go Landscape, which is all about attracting more people into this great industry. So, um, Great to have you on the show. Really, really good to have you on. Thanks, thanks for inviting me. I'm glad I'm number uh, fourteen and not four thousand and ninety-nine. No, that's right. No one would ever find you then, would they? Um, so, in addition to all that stuff that you do in the industry, um, in your day job with Acre Landscapes, you've also won loads of Chelsea Flower Show medals and uh, is it six Grand Barley Awards? Was it uh, one Grand Barley Award and probably around about six? Uh, Six or seven, I should think, other Bali Awards, yeah, over the years. Amazing, amazing. So uh, obviously like giving back to the industry as well. Um, and no doubt that will come out in the, the questions I'm going to ask you and the answers you give. So, okay, let's get cracking then. Um, the early years. So where did it all start for Nigel Bocock? Oh, 40 years I've been in the industry. Um, when I was 15, I grew up in Sutton Coalfield in the West Midlands, as you can probably tell by my accent. Um, and we used to have quite a big garden. My family were big gardeners. I got into golf and decided to turn part of the garden into a pitch and putt course. Really got stuck into having the best green that anyone saw. I really wanted to make it a different sort of pitch and putt. Got obsessed with agronomy and horticulture um, and decided that's what I wanted to do as a living, really. Um, a guy at the road was mowing lawns, 
so I started working for him when I was sort of 15, 16, uh, gave me 10 pounds a day, which is quite a lot of money in the early 80s, 50 quid a week. Um, and from there, uh, went to school occasionally, I never paid any attention, was called thick, uh, spent all my time looking out the window like I am now. Um, and I was told at a careers event that my choice of career to be a landscaper was probably the worst idea I'd ever had by a guy called Mr. Tonks. And um, I left left school, no qualifications really, uh, and started mowing lawns. Then my dad forced me to go to college. So I went to the Staffordshire College of Agriculture, did an NCH. After that, I went and did an ANCH at the Welsh College of Horticulture. Learned loads, uh, loved it. Um, and I, uh, that's, that's, the, that's how I started in horticulture, really. Mr. Tonks, being Mr. Tonks, motivated me and still motivates me to this day, really. Because mm. I said to him after uh, he uh, embarrassed me in front of all my mates, I said, I'll show you, Mr. Tonks. And, uh, and, I, and I like to think that I have. I've still got a picture of him on my wall. Not that I'm obsessed with Mr. Tonks. I make that clear. <laughs> You've got darts in it. You've got a load of darts. Yeah, no, 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 no. I look over there sometimes and I think that's exactly how not to treat people. Yeah. And, and he's been my inspiration ever since, you know, because I really... We've got, lot, we've got a lot to thank him for, really, because that oh, was a bit yeah. of a driving force for you by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people say that they're driven. Mm. I don't think I'm that driven. I think I'm, I'm pulled along by my insecurities that that, that, that <laughs> sort of gave me, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, so to prove him wrong, that's, that's why I work so hard. I, I think I probably had it in me to prove everyone wrong, really. But I put all my efforts into my career. Um, left the Welsh College of Horticulture, worked in Kent for a year for a company called Art into Landscape. Left there, went back to the Midlands, ran my own company for a year. Then it snowed and we ran out of work. And then I started my serious career at a company called Hasmead when I was about 21, 22, and worked there for 19 years. And that's where I really learned my trade. Um, I absolutely love those 19 years. We, we built some amazing guns, some amazing schemes, won the Barley Grand Award, run, won loads of recognition in the industry. We were one of the major players for a good sort of 15 years. We had over 200 employees. Wow. I built my own little niche within the company. Uh, I ran the construction side of things mostly towards the end. And we, we just had the best time. Uh, we built some of the biggest, some of the best landscapes that are still in existence now, such as Legoland in Windsor, mm -hmm. loads of Chelsea Flower Shows, loads of John, John Paul Getty's uh, estate in Oxfordshire, uh, loads of landscaping at Heathrow Airport. And that, that's what we did. And, and we turned what was a fairly average company, turning over a couple of million, I think, by the time I left, 19 years later, we were turning over nearly 20 million with right. over 200 employees. And we really made a big difference to the industry, really raised standards. We were really compliant, really competitive. And most of our work was won through uh, negotiation rather than tendering. And that's what I aspire Acre to be. And we're, we're a good, good way along, along doing that now. But that's, that's basically how I started, and that's my career. I, I didn't dot around two years here, two years there. I, I stuck at it mm. and worked my way up from supervisor to shareholder and 
and, and, and director. But with the pride and the ego that I had when I was less than 40 years old, I, I, I didn't feel that satisfied. I, I needed to go out there and really prove myself um, and decided to leave. And I bought a small company called Acre Landscapes that was based uh, 100 miles west of here in Andover, which was a mistake, uh, one of many. Um, and uh, I left building one of the biggest landscape schemes ever built at Terminal 5 at Heathrow uh, on the Friday, handed over to the client, no snags, delivered on time, on budget, brilliant job, uh, brilliant, brilliant project, and uh, started working back on the tools when I was 40 years old. Wow. Uh, and, 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 and started again, which was a mistake, really. Um, I should have, I should have prepared for it, but I just couldn't, after, after being on one project for nearly eight years, I didn't want to go back to head office. I, I wanted to go out on my own and I should have done it a different way. But what did I learn from that? I learned everything again. I learned maintenance again. I knew what it was like to be on the tools again. And here I am, how many years later, 14 years later, uh, running Acre Landscapes and we're, and we're in a good position now. So that was a long answer to where it all started. Mate, but <laughs> really that's, nice. basically, that's basically uh, basically my career in a nutshell. Um, and at Acre, you know, we turn over four or five million, 36 employees. We've won a Bali Award and uh, loving it. I've never, never had so much job satisfaction. Never. Yeah. It just goes to show, is it taking that leap of faith and um, and having that picture of Mr. Tonks up there, it's just made, makes you think, I just cannot fail, you know, because he will be right. So what a massive leap of faith, though, you know, so leaving that really sort of cushy, safe, you know, well-paid job to then think, right, give all that up and then start on your own again, back on the tools, relearning stuff. I mean, fair play. That's that's a huge sort of decision at that kind of stage in your life, isn't it? Probably yeah, the children yeah. involved and everything else, lots of pressure. So Yeah. yeah. I mean, there were, there were some some huge mistakes and a lot of stuff happened that was out of our control. You know, the, the very month I left Hasmead and started Acre, or took over Acre, the main guy left. Uh, that, that forced me to go on to the tools and, and, and stand in and start building it again. Um, but also the banks crashed in the same in the same month and the phone was going, everyone was cancelling contracts. I mean, it was a really small firm, but I think even in the first six weeks, we lost 50% of our clients because they had to go to the bigger FM companies that washed their windows as well as did the maintenance. So yeah. it was horrific. It was horrific. It was welcome to the world of being an entrepreneur again, Nigel. Yeah. And um, it was it was it was a very very difficult period. But you know, I was, I was leaving the house at like half four five in the morning, travelling hundred miles to get to Andover and, and and do the maintenance for the guys that I had, mm. and then getting in about six seven o'clock at night, and then doing the the paperwork and the marketing and all that sort of stuff. So it was a baptism of fire, really, uh, and and that was hard. And there's been harder times, but that that was a hard way to take over a company. Yeah. And and sod's law with the banks crashing, and I, you know it, it dropped from a turnover of about two hundred thousand, I think it was, to about one hundred and twenty, which was beyond our control. And then slowly, year after year after year, we we built that up to where we are now. 
But what a phenomenal success story and fair play. I mean, you've earned your stripes, haven't you? You know, you've been there like most people have in business and especially on this podcast, you know, you'll hear loads of people that have, you know, had tough times. And, and if you've yeah. been in business, you're going to have tough times. It's how you respond in times of crisis, isn't it? And what you do, yeah. what yeah. mindset you have and the actions you take. So um, that's amazing. That That is um that's brilliant. And and we love Mr. Tonks because, you know, without him, maybe you wouldn't be quite so determined. <laughs> and so yeah. So, yeah, you um, never know, do you? But he, he said, I mean, you know, at this age, I'm 55 now, you start looking back and and, and becoming chairman or chair of, uh, of Barley this year, sort of looking back about how I ended up in this position. And and he was, a, he, his influences are massive, albeit negative, as to my ambition. Mm. Um, and the support of Barley, the APL in the early days, uh, and my and my friends and colleagues in the industry, I, I wouldn't have got to where I was without them. Yeah, um, it, it's all about taking that influence and using it to the best of your ability, really. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, just being a Bali member, for example, and, and learning from my peers and. Just having ten minutes with someone like David Dodd, Jake Catlin, or, or or Paul Downer gives gives you just like enough information to take for the rest of the year. You know who who, who the best suppliers are, what's yeah. the latest technology, uh, who who shouldn't you work for, who should you work for? You know your experiences priceless, and priceless, isn't it? Yeah, it's second to none. And I encourage anyone to join that to to, to join an association to glean that information. Yeah, well, that's one of the main reasons why I thought about creating this this podcast is because obviously I coach a lot of companies in the landscaping industry and I hear a lot of these good stuff all the time and I, I know they all talk our clients talk they talk to people in the industry and um I thought well what how could we sort of capture all that so that everyone else can learn about all this stuff and, and the common theme with everyone as you know I think you've listened to all the podcasts so far yeah they all say they all say you know just ask just just the industry is so abundant so helpful the answers are out there you've just got to go out there and find it and ask and, and yeah. anyone will help you you know and, yeah. and with with a great organization like barley or the apl or sgd or you know any other organization that's out there industry body then don't be alone i think don't be alone and 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 just just learn from those people that have already been through that you know you don't have to reinvent yeah. it you don't yeah 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 it cuts down on the school fee. i call them school fees you know when you when you make a massive decision that ultimately costs you uh costs you money you know you, you you're investing in your knowledge and and, and you can not always but you can circumnavigate the school fee mm. amount by by speaking to somebody that's just trodden that route before yeah. and I, I always give advice always always try and give an impartial experience laden advice to anybody and that altruism is is as rewarding as uh, as as winning a Bali award, you know, to see somebody listening and learning and and, and avoiding the mistakes that I've made is, you know, it's just it's just brilliant. To be able to do that to someone is so rewarding, isn't it? It really, really is. You know, if you because you don't want people to make the same mistakes, if you can help them avoid them, wow, because that that's very costly for people because it could be expensive in cash, in energy, yeah. mental health, relationships, yeah. you know, all sorts of things. So if you can just avoid some of those pitfalls. Yeah, it's gonna gonna get you where you want to get to a little bit quicker and a little less painfully as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, 
you've answered a couple of the questions I had lined up already by, by oh, typical of me about 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 and where you started and what it looks like now. So I think we've covered those, which is really, really good. Um, but in terms of um, what do you think the most important elements are then to running a successful business? If you if if you could sort of think of, I don't know, two, three or a handful of things that you think are, are, are crucial and key for you being successful. Yeah. So really it's to have a vision as to where you want to be. Um, I don't want to take over the world and being an equivalent has need and uh, being that massive. I, I, I just want to, I want to earn a decent living. I want to be able to retire eventually. Um, and I, I think just having a vision of where you want to be by the time you get to the end of your career um, and understanding where your sweet spot is in your, in your business. Mm. Time and time again, we as a business have moved away from what we're good at, which is high-end, soft landscape, construction and maintenance. We often get pulled by clients to, I don't know, get involved in building a swimming pool or a massive water feature or, or, or something that we have to sub out. And whenever we have to sub out, it's fraught with problems. We end up making... Uh, virtually no margin it, 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 it completely distracts us so mm. where we're most successful is understanding where our sweet spot is and just concentrating on that where our capabilities are where our margins are made and and, and just doing that so I, that, I would strongly recommend that any company understands where their sweet spot is and and, and, and only diversify from that if your understanding of the risks involved and of course, the obvious one is the people that you have around you as a, as a business owner. I, I, I couldn't be where I am today without my right hand man, Shane, and the, and the team I've got here with, with I won't name check everybody, but it, it's important to have self-motivated, driven. Yeah. Uh, I've used the wrong word there because I certainly, I just said at the beginning of this, I wasn't driven. But people who are as ambitious as you to get on and and, and, and just going for it and learning from from ever, avoiding as many mistakes as you can make, but just learning from them and adapting um, and, and, and just continue on the path to wherever you, you want to be. It's, ne- it's not it's not easy. I mean, I my family life has, has uh, suffered as a consequence of me being so work obsessed at times. Um, but just keep just keep going. As Churchill said, I'm no Churchill, but. You know, it's quite true, isn't it? You just you just got to continue in adversity, and 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 uh, and you get there. But yeah, just to just to understand your sweet spot, get the right people around you, have a vision, um, and 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 join an association to share experiences and, and learn from others. Really, yeah, it's fairly. I mean, you think about it like that. It sounds quite simple, doesn't it? And it sounds like common sense, but it's not always always that obvious to people at the time. But, it's know, not. It's really. It's, it's always. It's really easy to get distracted. You know, I, it, for me, it's quite difficult to turn work down. Um, I, you know, I, I still have an ego. I still. I still want to be the best in our in our sector, but it's really difficult. It, it is really simple advice, and I, I, you know, I'm not the most complicated of individuals. I like to think, but I, I, it's really easy to get distracted from where from where your margins are. Yeah, you know, we, we we do it continually. I got our estimators, you know, young Sam over in the other part of the office. He, he 
he he loves to win work. He's driven by by winning work, but it has to be the right work and it has to be at the right margins. And we don't ever play into the dark arts of estimating where we skin jobs and yeah. do what a lot of our competitors do. It, it's not what we're about. We see certain people on the tender list and we just don't price it. Yeah. You have to be careful. You have to you have to work for the right people. Uh, I could tell you some horror stories about working for the wrong people. Yeah. Um, and 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 just keep it as simple as you possibly can. That's my that's my strong advice. The minute the minute you make it complicated, the minute you take unnecessary risks, is it, it can it can set you back along your along your journey. Absolutely, and knowing your numbers is so crucial. It's funny because Mark Gregory on his one on his podcast, I think I know you've um, you've listened to that one. He yeah. said he says his role within the business is about risk management, and he's good at knowing and identifying risk and when to do things and when not to do things. So it's similar to what you said, yeah. you'd rather work, walk away than be a busy yeah. fool and make no money on a project. Let someone else, you know, it's a race to the bottom, isn't it? You know, if you... Yeah. And, that, and that's hard. That's so easy to say and harder to do. You know, the, yeah. you want, you want to be involved with certain clients and certain designers on certain projects, but to actually say, no, is, is it harder to do than, than, than you might imagine, especially when you're trying to build a business. Yeah, you know, I made a horrific mistake Three years after I bought an acre, uh, bought acre mm. uh, we we got approached by a, a, a rather famous developer who I won't mention, and they gave us an opportunity to start our journey. And it was through a main contractor again, I won't mention, but their their name. But they did their best to bust us. You know, it was over a million pounds worth of work. Mm. They didn't pay us for three months. They found every reason to uh, to not pay us. You know the. The typical, and this was in the recession times, the typical way of trying to uh, bust a company. And, that, and they, these guys are responsible for, for, for busting three or four, to my knowledge, Barley members. But I had this unwarranted optimism. I had this, I had this, this uh, need to, to uh, get back to where I came from. And I, t- I took the job on. And it was the worst decision I ever made. And and three months with with no income apart from a small maintenance uh, portfolio mm. was 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 horrendous. And they they were ringing us weekly to see if we were still liquid, you know. And these things happen, you know. You don't read about them, but people do their best to bust smaller, vulnerable companies because it just improves their their uh, their P and L. And that that was one massive lesson. Were there any positives from it? Yeah, I mean, we 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 delivered a snag-free, brilliant, mainly hard landscaping project in West London that I still use for marketing today. But we lost six figures on it. Yeah. And and we had to trade our way out of it. And it took us sort of two and a half years. And I and I took that broadly on my shoulders. And 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 that's probably the biggest this worst decision I've ever made. But at the time, it seemed like the best decision. Yeah, biggest lesson. Um, Definitely a biggest le- one of your biggest lessons, I suppose. Absolutely. Which is, you know, there's the, value in that. The, the that. biggest lesson was was learning who to work for, mm. and uh, and 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 to understand what 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 you're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so in answer to my uh, question, in terms of the most important elements, having a vision there, having a focus, not getting distracted, stick to what you're good at, don't get distracted yeah. by the side shows, you know, focus on the main event, recruit great people, and yeah. really, really understand your numbers and your risk element of that as well. So yeah. I think there's some some great little nuggets in there. Recruit, recruit the right people, 
and manage the team. I, yeah, I do, I do manage risks, like Mark said, but I also manage the team. Uh, it's my job to ensure that everyone is is uh, is on the right page, on the right on the same page, and and are, are heading towards our, our strategy and vision. I'd probably spend more time managing the team than I do managing risk now. Yeah. Um, you know, like last Friday, we all had a barbecue here. The whole firm came. We had the best time, the yeah. best like company do we've ever had. And, it, you know, we're in the best shape we've ever been. I've got the right people in the right places and, and, and everyone gets on. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 it's that. And everyone talks about the team and, the, and, the, and getting the right people in the right places. It's just I'm managing that and, and ensuring and being relaxed with them. I speak, I speak more about football with our guys than I probably do about Acre. It's yeah. about engagement and, and just being natural and having a laugh. You know, those lovely three, uh, three things everyone quotes. You know, every project has to, uh, money obviously has to be good fun and it has to advance our reputation. You don't do that unless the, the team are in the right headspace, the right motivation levels and they're up for it. Well, if they're all happy, happy people are productive people, really, generally. And if they're happy, they're going to, they respect you. They enjoy what they do. They're passionate people. They, they've got good work ethic, shared shared values, and, uh, and and all want to achieve the same goal, you know. And yeah. I think a combination of all those things is a really, really, really healthy formula. Um, and it's and at some point, you, you find the right sort of jigsaw pieces for the puzzle and it all starts to click. But it, to yeah. get, get in there over the years, you fail your way to success. I say it so many times, but you know, you try this, you try that. Certain people don't work out, certain people do, you know, and, and eventually you find the winning formula that's right for you and your business. And, you know, uh, and the stronger your culture becomes, um, I always find that the people that we recruit either fit in. To that culture adapt to that culture or they don't and they leave within a within a couple yeah. of weeks and, they, and it's quite obvious if they don't if the, if they don't fit in I, I wrongly thought for years it was my job to motivate people i think you're probably taught that when you're doing a master's degree or whatever but it isn't really my job to motivate anybody everyone that works here is 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 self-motivated it's my job to inspire them to get them to the vision of where we want to get to which is you know an award-winning Award-winning soft land, high-end soft landscape specialist in maintenance construction. You know, that's 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 my vision. I, I, yeah. I get turned on more by visiting sites than I do looking at any any spreadsheet. And to see our guys really engaging. I mean, last night, for example, I was on WhatsApp and uh, the Acre Landscape WhatsApp, and there's a, a guy in Matt over in in uh, Kibbrough was enthusing about uh, a moth that he'd seen, and I didn't even know what the moth was. And 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 this sort of enthusiasm I've, I've never ever had in a, in a business and yeah. just just to be thinking about moss before I go to bed is brilliant I don't know what's going to come next but this sort of information this sort of engagement yeah. is, is you know is gold and, and that's that's what I try and encourage and, and 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 you know and that's where that's how we've got to where we are really yeah, as long as that moth doesn't get in your in your wardrobe, because then you won't yeah. make a thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just it's amazing, isn't it? And I think once you've got the right people on the bus and they all share the same values, they all want the same thing, 
that's when it becomes easier. It becomes the problems come when you've got people that are wrong for your business. And then and, and it's usually like the 80-20 rule. So 20% of you know, people might give you 80% of the aggro, you know, get rid of that 20%. And you know, it makes life a lot easier, much more enjoyable for everyone involved. So uh, look, you, you've again, you can apply the same to clients as well. You know, there's probably 80% of the clients you should be working for. The 21, 20% who, who operate or the individuals within those companies mm. who you should really try and avoid. I mean, that, that, it's utopia, isn't it, to have 100% engaged yeah. workforce all heading towards it and 100% all clients. It's, yeah. it's, it, it, but it is around 80% at any any given time, regardless of, uh, of effort and input. Pareto's law, you know, there's everything in life, I think you could you could equate, you know, you could, you could relate to uh, 80%, um, you know, generally. Generally, most people are good, but it's usually the minority in life that, that, that do let you down. Um, yeah. So uh, I've asked you quite a few questions, but and you've answered some of the questions I haven't even asked yet, which is brilliant because it's really natural. And you're just talking about the challenges you've had, you know, what you would what you would do to improve things and all the rest of it. And what advice would you give? But um, if uh, if you could think about what to, to you is the most rewarding thing that you found for, in, in your time in business, you know, what has been the most rewarding thing? You touched on it on part of it earlier. Yeah. But the most rewarding thing is the team. I mean, I get no greater satisfaction than a lad coming in, having, this is getting back to my, where we first started this, but coming in, no qualifications, probably got ADHD or something, you know, I would probably be, be diagnosed with that now, but it, it, to see somebody coming in who's failed academically, and then getting confidence from working with one of our, our teams mm. and then working their way up through the business. There's no greater satisfaction I get than somebody making a success of their career and me being able to enable them to be a success. You know, a lot of people come up through the ranks and then decide to go and change industry. I know people who work for some of the biggest construction firms that started their career here. Mm. Um, and some a lot, a lot of our guys remain here and are now managers and supervisors and have a big portfolio of either maintenance or construction sites. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. That's what gives me the biggest buzz being here. Like I said, it's not spreadsheets. It's not, it's not profit or loss. Mm. They're very important. Of course. Um, we, we wouldn't be here without them, but well, being successful at them, but that seeing people reach their goals and then going out and seeing the teams is the second best enjoyable thing that I get. I mean, I get such a buzz from going out and seeing the guys out on site. Yeah. I don't do it enough, but to see guys really being proud about their sites, whether it's maintenance or construction and, and, and seeing the difficulties that they have that I don't appreciate because I, I haven't been on the tools yeah. for about 13 years. I was crap at it anyway, the second go. Rubbish. I'd have sacked myself out of being <laughs> one. Um, but the, to, to see their their challenges and see how they overcome them and see the the, the pride that they have yeah. at delivering the, the projects they deliver, that that enthuses me. Absolutely enthuses me. So again, it's it's about people and their journey and and uh, and just just people enjoying themselves. And, and there is no other industry like it. You know, the, the guys that I grew up with back in the Midlands in the 70s and 80s, are still, there's still a group of us, about 15, 16 people. And, and they all envy the fact that I can go outside at any minute, 
even now at this age, mm-hmm. you know, and they all wish that they had a, 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 a more serious thought about choosing landscape as a, as a career. A lot of them are, are overweight and unsatisfied and regret their career. I mean, I don't know anyone that regrets choosing landscape no. as a career. You know, yeah, we all moan. Yeah, we all have difficult periods. If you'd have met me when I did that job where, where, we, <laughs> where we were losing money every every week and not being paid, I, I don't think I would have said, yeah, landscaping's great. Yeah, really? <laughs> but, but <laughs> yeah, come in, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the guy that helped me through that still works for me. And, you know, we, we worked together for 30 years. And thanks, Stu. Uh, and and I, I still look back at that as the lowest point. but coming out of that there is no there is no better industry i've never been in another industry but from anecdotal evidence everywhere else it's, yeah it's, it's, yeah it's, it's amazing yeah. It's, it is so good i've coached a lot of industries and i, I love it that's why i've now focused my all my efforts and energies on this industry because i enjoy it I enjoy the yeah. people I enjoy the passion i enjoy you know how determined they are and that they like nature and they want to help people they just tend, generally tend to be quite good eggs you yeah. know so um yeah, there's always nice. a chink in the personality, Nick, isn't there? Have you ever noticed that if you go into, I don't know, the Red Bar or whatever after the Bali Awards? Yeah. <laughs> you always see the biggest success people. You, you always see this, they've got something about them. You, they, they know exactly who's in the room. They stand out. They're probably the most drunk at times. But they're, 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 they're the major players, you know, in, in, in landscaping. And, and there's, that, there's that certain, I say chink, I should think of a better word. There's something about guys like that and it's i couldn't think of a better industry but i think all those people they probably weren't always like that i think the 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 experiences and the the battle scars i think gives you that kind of wisdom and that kind of you know that that aura i suppose and that that respect you know from people they admire you and respect you and um and and yeah i think you become you get you you get back what you give i think you know the law of reciprocity you know a lot of people are very abundant they give a lot give a lot give a lot and therefore i think nature naturally does sort of or law of law of attraction whatever yeah. you want to call it the universe just sort of says look you can have you know loads of good stuff happen to you because if you give a lot you know you you it's, it's nourishing in itself you know it is but you you've got to get the balance right there a few years ago i was believing in giving back far too much. Yeah, you know, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We built uh, gardens at our cost. We planted trees over in Belgium for the War Graves Commission at our, at our cost. We built uh, a theatre down the road from here. We I used to spend weekends planting up high streets and what have you. And being an obsessive, I, I, I went too far. Yeah. You know, I, I moved away from Acre again. You know, I did yeah. not again, but my concentration would let outside, you know. Mm. So I had to make a conscious decision to row that back in. And now we're just doing one project a year. Yeah. That uh, enhances the local environment. Um, and I give up my time, obviously, for Bali. Um, but yeah, you can go, you can go too far. I think with that, school, that, that was another, that was another lesson that I learned. I, I really enjoyed it. I massively enjoyed it. Yeah, perhaps, yeah. perhaps as much as I enjoyed Acre. Yeah. But to give up weekends and evenings and and, and do stuff at cost was was just far too well, far know, too altruistic. Your, your family suffer as well, don't they? So you think, what, what do I love more? Do I love that or do I love my family more? You know, and yeah. that can sometimes be an awkward conversation with the other half. But um, we won't go. <laughs> yeah. We won't go there. Um, so I'm I'm very conscious of time, and we could be in danger of actually 
being on the call longer than the call we had with Mark Gregory, which I think is the... Well, it needs to be that long. Have I been waffling? I don't know. No, you've definitely, definitely not been waffling. But I want to make sure that we that we um, we do finish uh, with the right, with, with some more little nuggets. So um, there might be quite a few people who, who are listening to this um, who may be stuck at the moment or may not be getting everything they want from the business. They may be in the situation where, where you used to be in, you know, on the story you told there, if, if there is anyone who's having a bit of a tough time now and, um, and they want to, you know, they're, they're determined to make their business work for themselves and the family and everyone else around them. What do you think um, they would need to do? What advice would you give them if they, if they're at that point, they just don't know how to get to that next level. What, what would be your sort of top tips? <coughs> Excuse me. And in terms of expansion, do you mean? Or, yeah, or so just they're keep... struggling where they are. They want to get to the next level, don't know, you know, where to start, what to, what to do, and from your experience. It's, you, you, there's, there's a million and one factors, really, but to get to the next level, you've got to get your name out there. You've got to meet people. You've got to meet the right people. You're only as good as, I know these are all cliches, but they all mean something. You're only as good as your last job. Take pride in what you do. Use that last job mercilessly as a marketing tool. Brilliant. Break down doors. Have as much ambition. If you want to get to the next level, you have to demean yourself almost by getting on the phone and attracting as many potential clients as you possibly can through marketing, through direct phone calls, through I've just finished a job in your area. Get the right people around you. And and treat the industry with respect. I see a lot of people expand far too quickly mm. and start cutting corners, start caring about the buck much more than the last job and, and expand organically, self-funded, never borrow. You know, we, we've always been self-funded. Mm. And, and just, 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 just go for it, really. Um, I expanded through our portfolio. You know, we, we did some really sexy works early on by me knowing people in the industry and we still use them as, as our marketing tools now. And we still do, and we still carry out sexy works. So we, 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 we do nothing but that, but it's a case of just finding the next level by breaking down doors, meeting new people, join an association, meet like-minded landscapers. There's often clients at association dues. Understand the industry from the inside out. And believe it or not, there's a market there for everyone. I mean, look at the billions that horticulture is worth, nearly 40 billions worth of GDP at the moment. Mm. And, it's, and it's getting nothing but bigger. People are becoming more and more aware of outside spaces, getting with builders, getting with developers, getting with civil engineers and just start opening doors the more doors you open the more opportunities you have obviously but it is a case often as a as somebody who wants to get to the next level of opening as many doors as you possibly can and you're only ever going to do that by meeting people and getting in contact with people and that's fairly a broad and vague answer but it is just a case of getting out there i suppose the um you know the expression you know, the, the harder you work the luckier you get but in this yeah. kind of respect it's like the smarter you work the, the luckier you get because anyone could be a busy fool and just work really really hard but but you want to work hard in the right area so from what you're saying then it's it's about being proactive getting out there getting out of the comfort zone 
meet people, contact people, and 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 that's sort of how you're working harder, working smarter, and not yeah. just sitting there waiting for it to happen. Go out there and and think about what's really going to get you to where you want to get to. Who who yeah. who can you identify and speak to or get in touch with? See if you can start working with. Um, yeah. Then you start making your own luck, don't you? you yeah, know? absolutely. And and it's amazing once you work for one project team. And you've done that successfully. They want to take you to the next yeah. most decent. Snowballs, doesn't it? On yeah, it, it, it snowballs. If if you go in there and you've got your own agenda and you want to get in and out and you don't want to meet anybody, that's not the way to do it. You've got to build relationships with every single client and every single client's team. And if you deliver and exceed what they want, yeah. they'll want to take you to the next job. If they see you acting fairly and honourably and compliantly, yeah. they're only going to want you on the next job you know we don't have any business development managers here we don't need to do that to expand wow. we we have people who want us on their next project because they don't want to risk getting a stack it high sell it cheap type contractor and they want somebody who does exactly what they're expected to do and for as long as i'm in charge and of acre we will always be compliant and I, I, I can't stand the people who deliberately use dark arts to get a job done for maximised profit. It ruins the industry. It ruins their company. Their reputations awful. And they have to rely on business development to get the next client in. When I said organically, I mean, you literally just build teams of friends. You know, I've got mates I've known in the industry for 30 years plus. And they are mates and they're suppliers and they're clients and they're competitors because... We don't believe in rubbish relationships where yeah. things only last during one project. I, I still use the same suppliers I used 30 years ago. Yeah. And so they're and they're innovative and they care about what they do and they're compliant. And and the same happens. You don't want this churn of clients. If you want to organically and solidly make a next step to expansion, it has to be done through relationships with people and the performance you 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 do on the ground. Cut any corners and it's, it will just it will just be at the behest of your expansion plans. Yeah. So again, it's like aligning yourself and your business with great people. So other great companies that have shared beliefs and values and ethos, and also recruiting people have who have the same shared kind of ethos and values as well. Yeah. If you yeah. if you stick to that, you're not going to go far wrong. You know, do just just be good people. Just do things in the right way. Don't try and shaft people. You know, be abundant. You know, help each other out. And um, yeah, just be good humans, I suppose. But it's, unfortunately, yeah. there's a lot of people that don't. But it's probably the 80-20 rule again. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's twenty percent that let down eighty percent. But most people in life, generally quite good people, aren't they? Absolutely. Uh, um, you just want to avoid them in business. You know, whether they're employees or whether they're they're you know clients. Yeah. Even you might get a bad clients. You know that that doesn't pay or doesn't see that that's important or snags everything just for the sake of it because they don't want to you know want to save a few quid. So um, yeah, it's just about. I think the older you get though, and the more experienced you are, the better you are at spotting the the the, the alarm bells. Oh, I, I absolutely. I can smell it a mile off. As soon yeah. as, as soon as a client wants to supply their own material, as soon as a yeah, Israel wants to do the same. You know that there's hmm. an agenda there. There's there, there's there's a cost cutting exercise and the environment, and then you just know you're in for trouble. And we we avoid those yeah. like the plague. It's it's there is as many bad employees and bad clients and bad suppliers as there are, you know, anything else. But that age twenty rule is is about right, and it's a case of avoiding them at all costs. Absolutely. You know, we 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 we're we're about the size that I want us to be. 
unless inflation goes to double figures, which it looks <laughs> like it will. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I don't want to take over the world, but the ethos is really, really simple. It is really simple. It's having the right vision with the right people and you carry out the works the, the way you're supposed to. It's amazing how many people don't, that, that it really is that simple. Well, on that note, Nigel, I think we shall wrap it up there. That is brilliant. I've really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I could talk to you for at least another hour, but I, you know, I, I'm sure you're busy and other people are busy, but I think we've nailed it. You, you've got so much great um, knowledge and insights and wisdom and, and um, just good common sense, clear, brilliant advice. Just, just, um, and I think that's what we need to keep it simple. People need to keep business simple, simple works. And, and really when you think about business, it should be quite simple. You know, you've got to deliver a, a product and along the way make a profit and make sure that everyone's happy. And, and I, I think having a clear vision of what that is, getting the right people on the bus, delivering, you know, in the best possible way and, you yeah. know, getting people shouting from the rooftops about your, about your services. And then you're going to get more business and it's easy. Then yeah. Just, yeah. It's nice. And you've done so well. And I really appreciate your time. If people do want to get in touch with you, either for a new project or, to pick your brains uh, because I know you're abundant yeah. and you don't mind doing that. You, you enjoy doing that. Yeah. How, how is the best way? What, what's the best way for people to contact you? Probably best to go through Bali. So my email address at Bali is Nigel. I'm having to read it out because I hardly ever use it. Nigel.bocock at Bali.org.uk. Failing that for more business, it's uh, inquiries. It's info at acrelandscapes.com. Wonderful. Very good. Well, I'm going to say goodbye to you now, but don't go away because I'll say to you, say goodbye to you properly in a second. So uh, anyway, on behalf of myself and everyone listening, thank you so much. It's been Cheers, uh, an absolute pleasure, Nigel. It's um, been worth the wait. I've been trying to get a hold of you. Um, the, the IT gods uh, conspired against us in spam folders and stuff, but we got here and it's worth every 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 minute we had to wait. So I uh, appreciate your, your help. Enjoyed it. And your time. Cheers. To see you. Cheers, Nigel. Take care. Cheers. Thank Bye. you. Thanks for listening to the Grow Landscapers podcast. To get in touch and see how we can help you with your business by emailing nick at nickruddle.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.